Hi, I'm Perry, and you're listening to The Beauty Brains. Hello and welcome to The Beauty Brains, a show where real cosmetic chemists answer your beauty product questions and give you an insider's look at the cosmetic industry. This is episode 273. I'm your host, Perry Romanowski, and with me today is Valerie George. Hello, Valerie. Hi, Perry. And is your puppy going to be joining us today, too? (laughs) She will be clacking around, and I apologize (laughs) in advance for that. She's in a very cantankerous mood today. It, listeners, if you are a very astute listener, you might sometimes hear a little click, 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 and that's what that is. Yeah, and I'm like, Kukla, get out of here. <laughs> well, on today's show, we got a bunch of questions we're going to cover. First, are natural fragrance safe for sensitive skin? What is a hair glaze? What type of vitamin C do you guys use? <laughs> I bet you're all waiting on bated breath for that one. Yep. Where can you find heat-protecting products? Are salon products different than store products? And finally, what's your opinion of the newly relaunched Diva Curl? Valerie, it sounds like uh, we're answering a lot of hair questions today. Big show, and I love hair, so it's perfect. Perfect combination for me. Indeed. But before we get to that, uh, let's do some of our chit-chat. Is is California still on fire? Well, I don't know if we're still on fire, but it is insanely hot here. We're headed into the throes of summer, so just trying to stay cool inside. Um, yeah, that's really it. Well, that's good, because I think we're getting all the uh, ashes over here, because it's always cloudy now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's blowing east, so I'm pretty good. But I, I saw something on Instagram, Perry. There's a Porch Kitty Jr., Ah, yeah, Porch Kitty Kitty, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> Porch Kitty well, Kitty. It turned out it turned out Porch Kitty had kitties. Porch Kitty has three kittens. One is a black and white kitten that I call Tuxedo. And then there is a gray and white kitten, which I call GT, uh, gray Tuxedo, but GT. And then there is another gray kitten that I just call Lou. Uh, his full name is Elusive because he runs away and is very elusive, so... <laughs> So GT, yeah. Tuxedo, and Lou uh, joined the porch case. So now I'm feeding four cats <laughs> just instead of one, none yeah, of which I This is quickly own. getting very out of hand. It is. Yeah, my, my wife was pointing that out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my but gosh. I tell you what, little Tuxedo looks uh, he's a spitting image of uh, Porch Kitty, except for the, the white. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Just so like if you want So if you want to check out... Uh, tuxedo you can check out my instagram the joggler very cute well shall we move on to some beauty science news one of our uh instagram followers sent me a link about slugging and uh, we had a good laugh about it and I know what slugging is, but I thought for sure Perry does not know what slugging is. So Perry, I sent you the link to this article. What is slugging and will it actually improve your skin? Did you have a chance to check it out? I did check it out. And from what I can tell, slugging is essentially taking Vaseline, putting it on your face and going to bed. Is that, did I get this right? You have summed it up in one sentence. So everyone can skip reading the article. <laughs> Yeah, we'll put a we'll put a link, of course, but uh, 
Yeah, that you know that reminds me of the advice that people uh, give, where you put Vaseline on your hands and then you put you go to bed with gloves on, because yeah. I could see putting Vaseline on your face and then going to bed. Isn't it going to get all over your pillow and like if you roll around a bit? Like it seems kind of messy. Maybe you have to be a really still sleeper like me. Oh yes, well, yeah. I I'm actually quite a still sleeper, also. Well, but you could try slugging. I I could. Uh, <laughs> If I cared about such things. but Well, so, here's the thing, Perry. Yeah. I thought you'd be a little more excited because slugging is essentially taking petrolatum or something very, very occlusive and putting it all over your skin. Preferably a dry skin type would do this. And I thought you'd be pretty excited people are using petrolatum at 100%. Oh, well, I no, I, I highly encourage it. It sounds like a great idea. Although, I I have to say... You know, I'm not a big raw, raw petrolatum fan. You know, it's, it is derived from petroleum and it is a limited resource and, you know, we're, we're going to run out. Uh, even though I think it's an excellent ingredient, uh, it is not exactly sustainable, although neither is growing plants for cosmetic ingredients rather than food. But <laughs> it's a very complicated <laughs> thing. But, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a petrolatum fan, uh, but, you know. It would be nice if there was something more sustainable that pe- people could use that worked just as well. But there is nothing that works better than petrolatum. Yeah, petrolatum is very good at being occlusive, ensuring you don't lose any uh, hydration or moisture from your skin. It prevents transepidermal water loss. And I believe the FDA actually has this monographed, right? Or am I yeah, thinking 25% yeah. dimethicone or both? It- it is a monographed ingredient, and a monographed ingredient means that it can be used for treating diseases. Specifically, uh, they have it for uh, dry skin, so because it works. Perfecto. Yeah, so slugging, uh, yeah, it'll actually improve your skin. What did you see this week? Well, Valerie, I saw an interesting article about animal testing, and some NGOs were claiming that there's some new regulations in Europe that are making it uh, kind of impossible for raw material suppliers to comply with the no animal testing for ingredients. And in fact, some of these new amendments are going to make it where that actually increases animal testing of ingredients in Europe, even though animal testing is banned. I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, it's something that we've definitely been hearing a lot of chatter about. So here's what's going on. In the EU, they have these regulations about raw materials that are called REACH, R-E-A-C-H. I'm sure if if you were listening to a more informed podcast, then we would tell you exactly what the acronym is. But just I actually uh, know what it means. It means registration, evaluation, authorization, and chemicals. But, C-H is chemicals. Well, See, I guess REAC would kind of be no good, but yeah. Yeah. Well, so it, but essentially the way I kind of look at this is that it's, it's kind of a way for the EU to keep chemical raw material suppliers from like other places from being able to get your ingredients in there, um, from importing ingredients essentially, right? So they really want raw material suppliers to be located in the EU, so they make these reach regulations kind of onerous uh so everybody just opens up a plant there 
But one of the things that the REACH things, you know, they are different regulations than, say, the things regulating cosmetics. And these REACH regulations are requiring some types of animal testing to to be able to prove uh, that ingredients are safe to manufacture, I believe. It's so disjointed from the cosmetics industry because we have these two regulations or regulating bodies that, you know, are deciding these laws and rules and they don't seem to be talking to each other. I know that this is causing a lot of issues for me in my work uh, as uh, someone working at a global brand. Yeah. Yeah, it's got to be a big challenge because I don't know how you get around. Now, there are a couple of ways that companies have had to sort of do animal testing and use the ingredients in cosmetics. And the, if there's an ingredient that's used in pharmaceuticals and in cosmetics, uh, then it's okay to use animal testing for that. That's one way to kind of get around it. The other one is in the manufacturing of raw materials, uh, doing animal testing to demonstrate worker safety is another mm-hmm. area there. So while animal testing has been banned for ingredients or for cosmetics in the EU, it's not as pure a ban as uh, as made out, right? Yeah, I mean, it's still happening to some extent or for, or for some reasons. Uh, so I think, you know, to say that, oh, it's not happening in the EU, always remember that it's for cosmetic purposes is always the statement that's included on any non-animal testing letter. There is a little caveat there. And this is the kind of analysis that you're not going to get on some of those other beauty podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) Insiders look. It's an ugly truth, right? I mean, it is. Yeah. It is an ugly truth. But, uh, you know, things need to be safe. You know, that should be a new segment on the beauty brains. The ugly truth. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Which is funny because we're in the beauty industry, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yee. All right, let's head out to some beauty questions. We got a, a number of them today. First one comes to us from Morgan. Uh, Morgan says, hey, uh, natural fragrances like essential oils, are they safe or okay for sensitive skin? And can they cause muscle aches? or aggressive muscle aches in the body, and are natural fragrances better than fake or synthetic fragrances? <laughs> oh, God, fake fragrances. Like, yeah. Do fake fragrances even smell? <laughs> like, yeah. What's... Well, you know, this is a great question. Uh, Morgan uh, loves to send us in questions, and so we thought we'd put this one on the show. I think a lot of people equate natural fragrances with being safer than synthetic fragrances. And... This is a huge misunderstanding. Uh, you'll see this on the Sephora, uh, you know, ingredient list, Ulta's Conscious Beauty ingredient list. Synthetic fragrances are okay, but they have to be less than 1%. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, so I could use a natural fragrance at 2% and it it's safer than a synthetic fragrance at less than 1%. Come on. It doesn't seem right now. No, at the end of the day, fragrances all come from these aromatic compounds. And the challenge with natural fragrances is that these can be complex mixtures extracted from plants to create a certain odor. And a synthetic fragrance can, you know, for the most part, create that odor. But to me, it's a better option because it's a pure compound. So there's less 
less little tiny things you can't really tell causing some contraindications. But at the end of the day, they all have allergens present. They all right. are bad for the same reasons, no matter the source. And this includes uh, essential oils as well. Well, that's one of the things that I look at. If you look at some of the top causing allergen ingredients, they're natural ingredients you know they're from the essential oils they're chemicals limonene linalool from yeah. citrus yeah yeah exactly though if you look at the 26 uh allergens that you have to list from fragrances most of those are natural ingredients so yeah or know, even I'd... the the prop 65 carcinogens pulignone or beta mercine those are naturally yeah. occurring in plant blends so they're not uh, no longer i should say if they ever were intentionally added uh, to fragrance blends, so absolutely. Hmm. So I think the bottom line here is, you know, natural fragrances they can be safe for sensitive skin. They can maybe not be safe for sensitive skin. It depends on whether your skin is uh, sensitive to the specific ingredients. But the same is true of natural. Natural ones can be safe for sensitive skin, or natural ones can be unsafe for sensitive skin. It just depends on your skin. So natural and synthetic is not a good differentiator because often they're the same chemicals. Exactly. Now, can they cause muscle aches or aggravate muscle aches in the body? I don't know of any data on that. I don't want to say no, but I don't also don't want to say yes. If you think of ingredients like methyl salicylate, which is a counter irritant, like this, this is the thing in Bengay. I mean, it has an odor to it, and so that can affect uh, things, right? <laughs> uh, but I, I think in general, there's no, there's no general rule that uh, you know natural or synthetic ingredients are going to have an impact on muscle aches. So I, it could be like. You know, probably mostly a psychosomatic uh, effect. Uh, you smell this and you feel better. That could happen, but that could happen whether it's synthetic or natural. Exactly. And the final question about natural fragrances better than the fake or synthetic <laughs> fragrances? Uh, I would say no. I mean, natural fragrances can be nice. Synthetic ones can be nice too. I think personally, I think synthetic are superior because you can get a more consistent fragrance blend uh when you get a natural uh, source of ingredient it's going to have a wide range of what it can be because the composition depends on the growing conditions and so if the one one area got less light or it was exposed to more pollution that can affect the ultimate end raw material so uh, synthetic ones you know what you're getting exactly well our next question comes to us from laura a patron on patreon thanks laura, laura- Laura asks, what is a hair glaze? I use Oribe. Love it, but outrageously expensive. Any alternatives? Thanks. What a hair glaze. Hair glaze just, it sounds like silicone to me. <laughs> Whenever I hear the word glaze, yeah. right? Well, Oribe does have a product that's called Glaze for Beautiful Color, which I have used, and it it's nice. I don't know about $58 nice or whatever <laughs> oh they're <my>. charging, <laughs> uh, but it's a really nice product and uh, it is heavily silicone based. It's a silicone based conditioner, but it has a couple ingredients I, I really enjoy for hair. One is poly- polyquaternium 37. This is a really beautiful conditioning agent that has a really modern texture and feel to it. Uh, the hair feels just really slippy and yeah. Um, yeah. I'd like to add it in basically almost everything. It's your signature ingredient? 
Well, it's, you know, it's one that seems to pop up uh, all the time. You know, when um, I was when I was formulating, uh, I, I always like to put a 0.44 somewhere in my formulas. Oh, really? Yeah, that was like a Romanowski signature. It's like, hey, why didn't you use a half a percent there? You used 0.44 percent. Like, yeah. That's, that's yeah. my signature. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, one of the other ingredients I really love in here is hydrolyzed quinoa protein. And quinoa protein has a lot of studies of by one specific supplier. And I've actually done a lot of work with their quinoa protein as well for color retention. And um, so between me and the work I've done and the supplier research, hydrolyzed quinoa is a wonderful protein uh, for color retention and helping color fade evenly. Um, You know, it's one thing to lose color, but you don't want color to change. It's better if just the overall color uh, lightens. And so I really like it for that. Yeah. Uh, they also have polysilicone 15 in here, which you may think is like a little uh, hidden silicone, but it actually is a UV absorber. And uh, I think that's a really great additive for color protection as well. Although this is a rinse off product, so I don't know how helpful it is um, in there. But overall, I would say really nice product as a take home uh, color conditioner. And I'm sure it affords lots of color protection. Uh, which is what this was designed for. But um, I think a lot of conditioners offer color protection just based on their composition. Yeah. Well, I would also add that having uh, dimethicone, phenyltrimethicone, dimethicone, piperidinyl, polytetramethyl, uh, all of these silicones that they have in there are also going to help prevent color loss too. So there's there's a, I have to say, there's a lot of silicones in here. And so that's probably why it's a glaze. Now, yeah. is it? Are you going to notice uh, fifty-eight dollars a bottle worth? Uh, I would say probably not, but uh, you know, I'm always skeptical of these things. You know, I've tested a lot of Oribe, and yeah. it just—it's just really <laughs> pricey. It, it's so expensive, and I once judged that their conditioner cost me eight dollars per shower. Oh, wow. <laughs> I actually dispensed the amount of conditioner I would typically use for my hair. And it cost me eight bucks per shower. That's kind of a lot. That's that's kind of a lot, yes. <laughs> yeah. And there's just so many beautiful, less expensive products out there. Do they have uglier packaging? Sure. You know, Oribe's known for its really luxurious looking packaging, uh, which I think is one of its big selling points as well as uh, its fragrances are really excellent as well. Uh, but I think there are a lot of hair products that could do the same thing. Yeah. Now, a hair glaze also can be a professional salon treatment. And this is typically done with a, a demi-permanent color. It's usually a liquid hair color. And when liquid hair color is used in the salon, it turns into a, a gel. And this gel glazes over the hair. And not only does it simultaneously color the hair, it conditions it as well. And that can also be called a gloss or a glaze. So that's a salon professional version. Uh, but this Orbe product is a take-home version. And it has no coloring capabilities to it. It's just for color-treated hair. Whereas an insulin hair glaze typically has colorant in it. Or you could also have a, a clear version put on as well. And it sounds like the salon version, since it is chemically reacting with your hair, is going to last longer 
and probably yeah. going to be more effective. It's less superficial. You tend yeah. to get more longevity out of it for sure. So I totally recommend those if your salon stylist asks you, hey, you know, can I upgrade you to this? If your hair needs a little love, I would recommend that over a conditioner any day. All right. Well, let's move to an audio question. And this is our, we'll call this our vitamin C corner because we got two vitamin C questions. But here's our Yay! first question. Yeah, your favorite ingredient. Hi, Dal and Perry. This is Lisa from Portland, Maine. I have a question regarding vitamin C serum. Currently, I use the Ordinary's ethylated ascorbic acid 15% solution. Now, I noticed this is particularly oily, which is fine. But my main question is, should I be using the solution at night or in the morning? So far, it has worked well for me during the day, but I have naturally oily skin to begin with, so I don't want to seem like I am super oily. Um, any advice you can give would be great. I love your show, guys. Thanks. Bye. All right. I would uh, say... So the ordinary. Yeah, I, I would say either. Um you know, preferably during the day, I think there's some good synergistic effects with vitamin C uh, and and uh, sun protection. Um, but nighttime is also known for when your skin is the most receptive to penetration. And that's when you want to use all those actives. So I think you could do either. I probably personally would do the morning time. But I would say don't do it if you're going to be slugging. Because <laughs> that's... Yeah, you, right. you don't want to you don't want to put this uh you know on but uh, I I would probably do it um in the morning. I would put this as part of my uh morning routine and if you're already having success with it, that's great. You're already you're already doing something right. I think generally with beauty advice, if you're doing something and you're happy with it, uh just keep doing that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, but generally vitamin C's are advised uh in the morning because of their uh, synergistic effects in aiding in um sun protection, not as a, a UV protectant, but to help mitigate uh yeah. reactive species and that kind of stuff. So And of course also like protecting against uh pollution exposure too, right? You're gonna antioxidants and ozone and nitric oxides and blah 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 right yeah All that, i mean there's i should say there's scant evidence that that stuff is really bad for you but if there's even a little evidence that you know your vitamin c is going to help with that yeah so keep it going in the morning speaking of vitamin c melissa from patreon says what type of vitamin c do you guys like to use yeah perry what vitamin c do you like to use you know, I like to use the kind that comes out of a lime because it works really well with this gin drink, the My Fair Lady that I make. <laughs> no. Oh, my uh, no, gosh. No, I, I generally uh, – boy, I can't remember the last time I put vitamin C uh, on my skin. Like you literally can't remember. Well, I, I, honestly, I can't remember the last time I used a skin lotion that wasn't a sunscreen. So <laughs> I, that just – Guys, this is so bad. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Perry. Well, you know, my wife uh, bought me this hyaluronic acid solution like three years ago. And so every now and then I'll put it on. I, I just don't see any any point. <laughs> I cannot wait until we go do a non-couples couple spa day in Los Angeles. We're going to yes. have so much fun. And <laughs> you're going to keep up the routine for a while. And you're going to look so good. I, I'm going to look 
uh, like three months younger. <laughs> <laughs> just a little plumper. Yes. <laughs> um, but in terms of the actual type of vitamin C I like to use, I like to use uh, tetrahexaldesyl ascorbate. I know a lot of people aren't huge fans of it. Uh, although it is considered a quasi-drug in Japan, according to the yeah. manufacturer. Um, yeah. But I really enjoy it because, um, if I'm going to be honest, I sell it. And oh, uh, <laughs> I think it's it's really easy for a lot of people to use uh, because it is an oil-soluble type vitamin C. And you can kind of plop it into any oil uh, that you want to put on your skin. Um, and that's basically uh, what I do with it. And... Since I actually started using that, and by the way, I use like 15%. It's insane, okay? It's so expensive. Um, But one time a supplier hooked me up with tons of samples, and uh, I just started making my own um, serums with it. And my esthetician, who I've been going to for years, uh, said, wow, your skin's never looked brighter. What have you been doing? And this was after like three months of using it. And And it had nothing to do with the lighting, right? Oh, where she turned the light dim to start. Right. Wow, your skin looks wow, your so skin good. Is way yeah. brighter. Yeah. Um, but you said some people don't like it. So what's why? Why do people? Why are they? Why are they down on it? Well, I think some chemists can be down on it because uh, it's not an actual form of vitamin C. It's an ester form, and the suppliers have some good uh, in vitro data you know, to show that um, there is some penetration into the skin and conversion is happening and it's a little longer acting. I am not a huge uh, ascorbic acid fan myself, just given I think a lot of the poor quality of products that can be on the market from a lot of companies. So I've had a lot more misses than um, hits in my life with ascorbic acid, but yeah, that's just what I like to use. Also, some people can complain it turns a little gray over time. Uh, um, you know, but I, I'm not using super old uh, product. Uh, sure. I, I make my stuff fresh, and I really enjoy it. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, if it, if it works for you, then it works. It it does work, and it works for me. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. All right. Here's another one from uh, Eleanor. She says, Hi. In your post, uh, and then she gives us a link to a post that we wrote on the Beauty Brains a couple of years ago. You mentioned that hydrolyzed wheat protein polysiloxane copolymer showed heat protectant properties. I'm interested in this ingredient, but I have had a hard time finding products that use it. Is this the same as Crota's Crotazone W, which is a hydrolyzed wheat protein PG propyl silantriol and water? I have found many products and sources of hydrolyzed wheat protein, but not as a copolymer of polysiloxane. Thank you. So where can she find this? Well, Perry, first of all, I'd like to correct something. You said it was written a few years ago. It was written 13 years ago. <laughs> 2008. That's right. Whoa. Hey, yeah. that's, the long, that's the long tail keywords, uh, power, the power of organic search there. Wow. wow. How'd you stumble yeah. on that one? Oh, my gosh. Well, uh, Crotazone W uh, is a trade name for an ingredient by a manufacturer of ingredients named Crota. And as a consumer, you will never find that on a bottle. Generally, brands aren't advertising what trade names they're using. So you would have to look for hydrolyzed wheat protein PG Pro Bowl Cytolane trial on the bottle. You would just have to look for that. 
And Crota actually is the inventor of a lot of silane trial technologies. And these silane trials are typically added onto the end of these uh, protein chains. Right. And then they are activated by heat to cross-link with each other and form a protective network for a variety of reasons. So not only is this one heat-activated, but it is also um, a thermal protectant as well. Not all of the silane trial technologies are heat protecting, although they are heat activated. I will say the silane part of that means it's silicone. So when you see silane in the name of ingredient, it's some sort of silicone. Correct. Yeah. And I've actually formulated a couple products with this technology. I never like to plug uh, products, you know, for companies that I work for on the show. But if you email us privately, Eleanor, or message us on Instagram, I'll shoot you a product uh, that has this with excellent, excellent thermal protection properties. And I would know because I did all the testing for it. <laughs> there you go. Now, are there? Now, that's just one heat protectant thing. Is there another heat protectant ingredient that you like? Well, I really like polyurethane fourteen. It sounds super ugly. Um, you know, who wants to put polyurethane on their hair? It sounds right? like a, a countertop coating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. But I'll tell you, um, it just really is a, a really beautiful, beautiful. Uh, polymer it also gives you some light styling properties. And in fact, a lot of styling polymers intrinsically have heat protection because this uh, film that they essentially form over the hair acts as a heat sink and protects the hair fiber from being exposed to the heat. So uh, polyurethane 14 is just one of those, but it gives you really light, modern styling benefits with the benefit yeah. of thermal protection. Yeah, so check that out or check out the Hydrolyzed Wheat Protein PG Propyl Silentriol. Uh, now, I will say that Hydrolyzed Wheat Protein itself is not enough. You're going to need that uh, uh, Silentriol uh, technology to uh, actually get the heat-protecting benefit. Exactly, but if you were looking for strength, Hydrolyzed Wheat Protein would be an excellent choice. Yeah, and not just for eating. Okay. <laughs> Do not eat it. <laughs> well, I'm sure there's some hydrolyzed wheat protein that bodybuilders will <laughs> eat, right? <laughs> Supplements. <Yeah>. Yep. <laughs> but not for hair. All right. Our next question comes to us. Another patron. Thanks, Misty. Calling out Misty. Hello. Thank you. Uh, she says, hi, Beauty Brains. I was wondering if salon products sold in drugstores really diverted or is that a myth? Thanks. Wow, diversion. That was a huge topic, especially when I first got into writing about beauty products. Uh, there was all these articles online saying, yeah, diversion's real. It's terrible for salon products. And I'm like, wait a second. If diversion was so bad, why am I seeing salon products in Target? Like, couldn't they get it out of Target at least? <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm saying, you know, the volume you're going to get in Target, that seems like you're probably not too sad about the diversion there. That's all I was thinking <laughs> What do you have to say about diversion there, Valerie? <laughs> diversion is when you have a specific strategy to not sell your products certain places, but somehow it ends up there and you're not the one who sold it to them. Right. There is nothing illegal about this because you can't control, once you sell your product, really at the end of the day, you can't really control who does what with it. I mean, you can to some extent and and say, stop, I'm not going to sell to you. Um, But 
it really is a tough pickle because once you sell to another retailer, they can kind of do what they want unless you have uh, an agreement yeah. with them, right? Right. Essentially, what happens is like a salon will uh, a salon brand will sell to a distributor who's supposed to distribute only to salons, but that distributor might distribute a little bit to Target or to CVS, and uh, you know the salon brand what are they going to do turn their back on all of these extra sales they're getting from their distributor you know they the distributor is supposed to not sell it to them but they also want to sell a lot of products so i i really think when it comes down to it as far as diversion goes uh it could be stopped if they really wanted to there's technology would be available and you could track stuff uh so that it's not stopped i think the bottom line answer to the question here, though, is the stuff you're getting in a drugstore, is that really, uh, like, the real stuff? And there's no reason to think that is not the real stuff, especially if you're going to a drugstore like CVS or Walgreens or Dwayne Reed or Target. Uh, yeah, maybe those are being diverted there, but that's the real product. Now, if you're a dollar store and you see salon brands at a dollar store, I wouldn't have a lot of faith that that's not say some counterfeit product just with a name but if it's in a regular store like a mainstream store it's probably the real stuff and you can always contact the brand too uh with the batch code on the bottom and see if that was something they really produced but the problem with buying a product that's not at an authorized retailer is that should something go wrong you're probably not going to be protected because typically most salon brands will write you know, this is meant to be sold at professional salons and authorized retailers only, right? Yeah. So if you're you're buying a salon product from CVS and then you call the brand and say, hey, you know, your, your stuff turned my hair green or it smells funky, uh, you know, the brand may say, hey, well, did you get this at a salon? And they'll say no. And then they'll say, oh, well... We, we didn't that, sell that, to them, so I don't know how you got that, right? That so. might not be the right stuff. Yeah, that's yeah. A, it's a way for them to kind of get out of it. I will also add that, you know, stylists don't get paid a lot of money. <laughs> and you buying products from them is a way t- for them to supplement their income. And so if you're going to be buying style- salon products, um, there is a financial reason to buy it from salons. Even yeah, though it's from, a, from your from your own pocketbook, it's probably better to get it at a store. But you're helping out your stylist, you know. Yeah, support local small businesses. The exactly. retail really helps them. Exactly, you know, to Target and Walmart—they don't really need you. <laughs> These stylists do. <too. laughs> yeah, we got time for one more question. Extra fries writes, "Hey brains, by the way, extra fries is also a patron on Patreon." Thanks, Extra Fries. I love it. Hey, Brains. I hope you're both doing well. Diva Curl just launched their rebrand yesterday, which touts a dizzying number of <laughs> upgraded technologies. Oh, and my I'm, God. I'm laughing because it's crazy. Uh, and Extra Fries linked it below for us. I'd love to hear your take on these. My pedestrian assumption is that they're mostly standard formulas with a few new ingredients added so they can make sexier claims. What's your more learned opinion? Don't get me wrong, I use and like their conditioner and gel, and they work well for their intended purposes. Conditioning, curl definition, hold. I'm just always weary of claims that promise some transcendent experience. 
I also suspect a degree of reformulating on their part was necessary after their bad press in recent years, which you've covered before, and I agree with your assessment. P.S. Thanks to you, one of my favorite quarantine hobbies was going through the Ulta mailers while buzzed and scoffing at the ridiculous claims for products. <laughs> I love it. I've done that. Oh, yes. Yeah. Thanks for helping uh, me bring a little uh, levity to a long, hard year. Oh, gosh, Extra Fries, you were an awesome human. Yes, we we love you. We love all our patrons, but uh, especially the ones who write in and say nice things about us. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. So Diva Curl has relaunched. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, they still have the green packaging, which looks nice enough. Um, I looked at one of their products, their Curl Bond, mm-hmm. which uh, is their cleanser, Curl Bond cleanser, and. It looks like it was a, uh, as far as the ingredients go, it's, you know, they make sulfate free, so they're using uh, olefin sulfonate and cocomidopropobetaine, which is pretty standard stuff. Yeah, you know, it's interesting in just, and by the way, they, uh, looks like they did take out the DM, DM Hydantoin from a couple of their products, if not all. I suspect a lots of people will be taking on TMDM Hydantoin. Yeah. Not because it's dangerous or anything, but, you know, lawsuits and all. Yeah. Well, it's just interesting that they have uh, really, I think, gone all out on their technologies. And as I was scrolling through, it was just like, oh, my gosh, every segment of their brand has a complex You know, of course, the patented curl bond complex uh, helps to recoil damaged curls and works from the inside out to help relink broken bonds. Okay, I could see that. Oh, sure, bond builder. Yeah, 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 that's pretty timely. But their wash day wonder tangle release complex. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. It's a detangler. Of course, it's going to release your tangles. Valerie, it doesn't release tangles. It melts away the tangles. (laughs) Oh, shoot. That's that's pretty impressive. But it's just, it's ridiculous. It's like, that's not a complex, a real complex. It's not a real technology they invented. It's just insane. And then it's like volumey curl complex, airy volume complex, smart porosity neutralizing complex, time release freshness complex, curl memory complex, clarifying complex, scalp detoxifying complex, scalp rebalancing complex, amino acid complex. It's like, when does it stop? Can't any of these be simple? I, you know, I think it'd be helpful for people to know. So how did these complex happen? So this is what happens. A brand will say, oh, we want some ingredient we can talk about. And so they'll go to a raw material supplier and say, oh, we need some ingredient for, for a curl. We want to call it our curl complex. And the raw material supplier will say, well, we can mix this extract and this ingredient and this silicone, and we'll only sell it to you. That's three, tech, three ingredients that everybody could use. But we're going to blend it in this special ratio and we'll sell it only to you, and now you can call it your complex. We used to do this with, uh, when I was on the VO5 brand, we, we used uh, an ingredient called hydratine. Hydratine sounds great, right? And it was yeah, a blend Yeah, it sounds of... really hydrating. Wow. Like Ovaltine, but the, right, the good right. version <laughs> but for your hydra. hair. <laughs> but it was uh, a blend of five uh, special amino acids, and nobody else in the industry could buy this because we made a deal with this supplier where they would sell it to us. And, you know, it didn't do anything in the product. It was just something we could talk about, and it was this special thing. But that's all these 
complexes are. They made a deal with their supplier using ingredients that everybody else could use, but in a a blend or a ratio that nobody else can buy, and then they can call it a complex and make it sound special. But as far as the consumer knows, and as far as you're going to be able to tell, there's no special technology here. They're making a, a alpha olefin sulfonate cocomidopropyl betaine sulfate-free cleanser. Yeah, everybody can do that if they want to. So there's nothing special there. Um, and you know, not that it's a bad bad formula. It's just, these are good formulas. They have nice packaging. Uh, it's going to work. But there's nothing special about it, at least that I see. Also, I I just want to point out something that is pretty pretty clever. So they talk about their you know curl blonde curl excuse me patented curl bond complex, and they never actually talk about specifically what makes up curl bond complex um you know like what are those specific ingredients doing that yeah and then they also i mean they never really mention the technology further on their page they just kind of gloss over it and if you patented something i think that you would go through and really uh talk about this amazing technology and well, at least put the number on there. <laughs> i can What's... see what they're using in here and <laughs> oh, okay you know, it's interesting. They don't have any patents filed. So it's like, whose patent is that? Theirs, the suppliers. I mean, it's just, it's just funny. Yeah. And that's another trick they, uh, a brand could do is they'll, the, the raw material supplier has the patent on it. And the patent could be not related to how the product works, but just maybe even how you make the ingredient. Yeah. Sometimes they say, oh, this is patented ingredient technology. I'm like, well, it is, but does that really mean anything for you? I've been looking at their curl bond conditioner. It's behind trimonium chloride and stearamidyl propyl dimethylamine. I mean, that's, a, you know, you find that in lots of conditioners. Classic, I mean, I... yeah. There is one product I will say that probably really does work, and that's their No Poo Blue Anti-Brass <laughs> Zero Lather no. Toning Cleanser. <laughs> Wait, No no Poo Blue? I mean, <laughs> I'm yeah, sorry. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm being childish. <laughs> You're so mature. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> And I will say this probably really works because it has a blue tint to it. And what this blue tint does, it's just a, a hair colorant. It helps neutralize warm, unwanted tones within the hair to make your hair look less brassy. And I would say that that really works. And, you know, in looking at the ingredient list, it seems like an okay conditioner. I don't know that I'd be over the world. Um you know, for it, but from a technology perspective, it really works to help reduce unwanted orange tones. And again, that's because it's blue in color yeah. and blue yeah. neutralizes orange to create a neutral tone. I will just add though, that I think all of the products work. It's just, they're, they're not going to, they're not anything special. That's all I'm saying. Like that their sulfate free shampoo is going to work like a sulfate free shampoo does. Their conditioner is going to condition your hair, but there's nothing special about these complexes that I think people will use it and say, oh, yeah, this is really different. Yeah, but you know what? What's the, that? The only way that you could look at these new formulas and say, are they worth it, is uh, to just give them a try. That That is true. I mean, maybe you just like the green bottles. <laughs> They're cute. It's really <laughs> cute. Yeah. There's, yeah so. That's fun. Yeah. Well, do you hear the music there, Valerie? I do. That's all yeah, we have time well, for. Yeah, that is. Thanks for listening, everybody. 
The Beauty Brains are on Patreon. Thank you to all our patrons who've written in. We prioritize those questions first, and then we prioritize audio questions, and I'm not sure what we prioritize after that. Uh, but <laughs> Just anyway. so like what we feel about talking about. And if you want to support us on Patreon, go to patreon.com slash thebeautybrains and subscribe. If you get a chance, you can go over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review that will help other people find the show and ensure we have a full docket of beauty questions to answer. And if you had a question, you can just record it on your smartphone and then send it to us in an email at beautybrains at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to follow us on our various social media accounts. On Instagram, we're at the Beauty Brains 2018. On Twitter, we're at the Beauty Brains. And we have a Facebook page. Well, thanks everybody for listening. And remember, be brainy about your beauty. Thanks, everyone. Kittens. <laughs>